Welcome to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast. Hyphenation. I am your host, Kellen Conley. Episode 108. Just to let y'all know, I was just in the Kroger parking lot. I just was in it, but I didn't record anything. I'm mobile. I, uh, thought that was a problem I thought I thought I would stop in at Kroger and be able to get one of their delicious salads that they used to make I say used because they apparently no longer make those salads and if you don't know what I'm talking about it was just a a salad it was a pre-made salad that they used to have a couple others like a crispy chicken there was an uh, uh, um, Greek one that's the one I like like the feta cheese and the, uh, ol- the olives and the, that that was the one I liked and then they had of course your Caesar salads and stuff and they used to come in a nice size bowl and you know you would uh, eat them <laughs> and uh, I-, I used to get them all the time when I worked on the side of town I made a special trip to this Kroger just to get this salad and guess what I say used to because they don't make them anymore. They had a salad bar, but it was empty, which doesn't help me. I mean, granted, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. Why is there a salad? Who would want a salad at 9 o'clock in the morning besides me who's trying to, you know, go to work and have some lunch since I didn't bring any lunch from home? You know, Angel told me to, but I did, I did cop... A couple of uh, those little uh, Starkists. It's a uh, buffalo chicken and lemon pepper chicken. So that's my lunch. So instead of a delicious salad, I'm going to be eating that, and then I will be having leftovers from last night for dinner. So how's everybody doing, man? I am better than I was about eh, let's say 45 minutes ago. Because I just dropped the Leah off at her first day of kindergarten. Now, granted, Leah has been going to some form of schooling daycare for a while now. She's been to three different schools, and this is her first, obviously, elementary school. First day of kindergarten, and. I, I took I took pictures of her, sent them to Angel so she can post them. And then I was talking to her before she went, and I just was like, like oh, make sure you're a good listener and everything, and would you have a good time and be nice and remember your manners and all that stuff. And then I calmed down. I was good. So I dropped her off because. This is what she does. We're, we're close to the entrance, like where, where you drop off the children at, right? And yeah, I said children. Close to the entrance. And she's like, can I get out now? So I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. So I, I get her out because child safety locks. Uh, give her a hug. Tell her I have a great day. I tell her to see you after work. And I was like, okay, go to this lady that's wearing pink and white because they're taking the kids in, you know? Well, lady in pink and white already has a kid and just turns and 
with the other kid and starts walking in without Aaliyah. So Aaliyah slowly starts following him in. I'm like, all right, wait, maybe I should hop out, make sure she's all right, you know, have somebody wait for her. Like, I was thinking Aaliyah would stop and look back. Like, what do I do? No, no, not Aaliyah. Aaliyah's like, all right, I'm just going to follow him in. And goes right inside the school. No problem. And then when I'm able to pull up to see uh, if uh, she made it in all right, not that I expect her to be crying in a heap in front of the door to the school, but, you know, nothing. She's in there. Completely gone. Just, just walks in, no big deal. And I cried. I'm not going to cry now, but I was definitely crying then. So... I have a kindergartner now, everybody, and hopefully she is, uh, she's been there for a little over, almost an hour now, and hopefully she's having a great day so far. Oh, man. So, there's that. Um, other than that, I'm good. Feeling good, feeling great. How are you? Got my coffee. That's right, your boy got some coffee. Why do I have a left turn signal on in a straight lane? Because I want y'all to hear that. God, this podcast is of high quality. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's coffee because it's only a dollar and it tastes good. And that's what it is. This episode's also brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group, a Morgantown, West Virginia-based podcast collective bringing great podcasts to the people hyphenpodcastgroup.com get you some <laughs> and uh, as always brought to you by Mark Rob, the M-A-R-C-R-O-B dot wordpress.com written by my semi-regular co-host Marcus showing Mad Love Robinson he's uh I don't know if he's working on anything right now. I'm trying to get him right. Talking about Michael B. Jordan. Apparently, he has thoughts, and I don't know if I'm ready for those thoughts because I'm a Michael B. Jordan supporter. So, I don't know if I can take these these uh, takes on certain people that he might have. So, but regardless, he has lots of great work on there, man. Like in, in light of all this Jay Z and NFL stuff, he has a great piece that he wrote when uh, 444 was released in uh, June of. 2017 and was it or was that July it doesn't matter he has a great piece that he wrote back then and some of it touches on Jay-Z's capitalism which is a big uh big red button issue is that what they call them that a lot of people are trying to come to terms with and with that said I guess that's the perfect segue into this topic because I wasn't even ready to talk about this so in case you don't give a fuck (laughs) or really you just don't know Jay-Z has made a deal with the NFL he is he is I'm going to have to read the details I'm mobile now maybe I will attempt to risk my life right now and figure out exactly what it is Jay-Z did because off the top I, I know I'm going to butcher it and I don't want to. I'd rather tell y'all exactly what it is, you know. So let me give this a fair, a fair shot. Podcast 101, ladies and gentlemen. 
it's really a deal with Rock Nation. So let me see. Let me get a, a here we go. ABC News. Jay Z faces backlash. Okay. Here we go. NFL.com. It's coming. All right. Rock Nation Entertainment Company, founded by rapper and businessman Sean Jay-Z Carter is entering into a multi-year partnership with the NFL to enhance the NFL's live game experiences and to amplify the league's social justice efforts. It's the NFL press release. As part of the agreement, Rock Nation will advise on the selection of artists for major NFL performances like the Super Bowl. A major component of the partnership will be to nurture and strengthen community through football and music, including through the NFL's Inspire Change Initiative. The NFL formally launched the Inspire Change Initiative in early 2019 after more than two years of work with NFL players with the goal of creating positive change in communities across the country. Through this initiative, NFL teams and league office work and the league office work with the Players Coalition and other NFL players to support programs and initiatives that reduce barriers to opportunity with a focus on three priority areas, education and economic advancement, police and community relations, and criminal justice reform. <clears throat> with its global reach, the National Football League has the platform and opportunity to inspire change across the country, Carter said in a press release. Rock Nation has shown that entertainment and enacting change are not mutually exclusive ideas. Instead, we unify them. This partnership is an opportunity to strengthen the fabric of communities across America. Carter added during a Wednesday Q&A with, with Select Media, I'm really into action. I'm into real work. I'm not into how it looks. How it only lasts for a couple months until we start... Uh, how, how, it looks, how it looks only lasts for a couple months until we start doing the work. I've been in the, this position many times. Take title as a great example from five years ago. Now people look at it today. People have a different outlook from it on it. But at the time, people didn't see what was going on. So I've been in this position many times. I just show up and do the work. I'm not interested in how things look on the outside. If protecting on the field, if protesting on the field is the most effective way, then protest on the field. But if you have a vehicle that you can inspire change and you can speak to the masses and educate at the same, but if you have a vehicle, excuse me, if you have a vehicle that you can inspire change and you can speak to the masses and educate at the same time, okay, that didn't sound right. Carter said the platform uh, that the NFL provides speaks to the work and the community that the League and Rock Nation can do together. Inspire change is already happening with Rock Nation, and the NFL has a huge platform, he said. We can use that huge platform, and we've seen it happen, like with J.J. Watt when he brought aid to everyone in Houston. Uh, everyone, Everybody forgot about the turmoil that was in the NFL. If you can use this platform to do that in different areas, that's a home run. That's how I would view a success. That's success for me. Rock Nation also will work with the NFL to create and distribute content across multiple music streaming services for a variety of initiatives. Every conversation I've had with Jay has been inspiring, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said Wednesday, not just on his perspective on the process of how we, of how we do the entertainment, but what we should try to achieve. We always say we should get better and we should evolve. We think we should partner with the best, and that's why we're sitting here. We believe we're partnering with the best, so his perspective is going to drive us. Sound advice, or whatever.
like comics, conventions, and cosplay, or whatever. It's like ladies' night, or whatever. It's like wrestling, or whatever. It's like parenting, or whatever. It's like anime, or whatever. It's like spiritual warfare, or whatever. It's like great friends, awesome people, coming around, doing what we do best, or whatever. You should watch, listen, and follow, or whatever. It's like a podcast, or whatever. Now, niggas is mad. We mad. I'm not mad, but my people, for the most part, are mad because they feel like Jay, and and rightfully so. I see their uh, their opinion. Rightfully so, they feel like Jay has shit all over. What Colin Kaepernick has been through the past three years, because he started protesting in 2016, I believe, if, if I'm not mistaken. His last year in the league was 2016, and he hadn't played the last two seasons. So people were saying that his protesting was all for nothing, and Eric Reed, someone who has, was in that uh, lawsuit with Colin Kaepernick, he also apparently you don't want to go that way. Uh, like th- this, this man. See, the thing is, man, this tow truck is. Ugh. And then you came over. Thanks. There's literally a tow truck trying to put a car down in the middle of the road right now, and he doesn't have enough room. <sighs> Lord, can I get over? Or are you gonna uh, stop? Wow. Now, I'm just going to be stuck here. Anyway, they feel like like Eric Reed is like, nah, that's not cool. Uh, this doesn't change anything. This is about police brutality. And obviously me and Colin having jobs is important. Uh, he has a job with the Panthers. Colin does not have a job. So, what? <sighs> oh, man. It's complicated. So... I'm biased. Let me just get to the get to that. I am 100% biased because I don't care about any of this. <laughs> I ha- do I support cap? Sure I do. Do I support players protesting pr- police brutality and the way that the NFL has treated Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed for a little bit? Yes. I I'm I support them. I want Eric Reed to keep going out there and taking a knee. I want other players who are demonstrating to still take a knee. That is fine. I'm for you guys. Okay? Now, the the thing get the things get blurry because during the 444 run, Jay went on SNL and he did two performances. And at least one, if not both of those, he wore a black, the black Colin Kaepernick jerseys with number seven on it that Kaepernick sells. That's, uh, he donates the proceeds towards all kinds of great community work that he's been doing and outreach and things like that. And Jay infamously was someone who was also behind 
the push to not perform at the Super Bowl. He said famously on Abe shit that he told the Super Bowl no, which came out last summer. And here and yet here he is now sitting next to Roger Goodell. There are people along the lines of Travis Scott and Jermaine Dupree. Jermaine Dupree, who I don't know if he's come out and said anything, but at least Brian Michael Cox has come out and said Jay told Jermaine not to do the Super Bowl last year, and Jay and Jermaine listened. Here's my take on that. What they eat don't make us shit. Okay. At the end of the day, Jermaine Dupree said no. Jay-Z has no bearing on Jermaine Dupree, a music executive turned rapper and artist back into executive. He has no bearing on anything that man does. If you're out to party with Hove, partying with Hove, okay? And this broad comes up to you and she's like, yo, I'll let you hit it raw in the bathroom right now. Back shots. Let's go. And she bad. And you're like, you know, I think I'm going to go do that. And then Jay-Z looks at you and says, I don't know, bro. <laughs> you probably don't want to go in that bathroom and have sex with that girl. You don't know who she is. You don't know what she could have. And you especially don't want to do it raw. Okay? Now, here's a choice you make. You either... Three choices. You either negotiate with said girl and say, Hey, can I at least hit it with a condom? <laughs> Everybody wins that way. Two, you go and do it. Or three, you don't do it. So, are you, are they, are y'all really, really trying to tell me that Sean Carter had a bearing on Jermaine, Dupree, JD, Don Chi-Chi, I don't even know if he goes by that anymore, not doing a deal with the NFL? Now, also... When Jay came at him with this, Jay was pushing the narrative of we're supporting Cap. Which essentially is the narrative of supporting Cap with the NFL, even though he was in the middle, I don't even know if the lawsuit was settled by then. It was only a few months ago when everything got settled. And this is February, January when we're talking about this. I guess the NFL reached out to Jermaine Debris. Even with the lawsuit and everything, Kaepernick is protesting police brutality and he wants social change. That's what he, want, he wants to seek and he wants the NFL's help. But he also wants a job. Now he's also been in positions to possibly get a job, but I have heard that there have been a few times, there has been a few times where they literally said to him, if we sign you, Will you not protest as to not distract from the team? And from what I've heard, I don't, I don't think this is ever confirmed. Colin said no. So in that moment there, 
Colin Kaepernick made another decision. Because then, then, you're essentially saying two choices, Colin. If you really want to, again, try to prove you can be an NFL quarterback and be in this league, we want you to stop protesting and taking a knee. He has two choices. He can either do it or he can not do it. And the rumor is he allegedly, he chose not to do it. He said, no, I'm not going to. This is too important to me. Respect, Colin. But he made that choice, okay? So, even with Jay invoking, if this conversation actually happened, because I'm about to read that, I'm about to park and I'll be able to read this Brian Michael Cox thing to you. Even with what was said, (sighs) Lord, even if Jay-Z reached out to Jermaine Dupree, and we know he reached out to Travis Scott. We know uh, all, all this stuff is alleged other than Travis Scott. Travis Scott, I, did he show up at the Super Bowl? I feel like he did. But I don't fuck with Travis Scott anyway. I have a friend of mine who was calling... Oh, man. Gladys Knight a coon. Because she sang... Was it the National Anthem? Did she sing the National Anthem at the Super Bowl last year? He was literally calling her a coon. Like, why would you do that, Gladys? You know why Gladys did it? She had two choices. She could either say yes or no. And she said, yes, cut me a check. And you know what? Here it is, August, and nobody cares anymore. I'm really starting to live by this mantra that uh, Marlo had on the wire, man. Marlo Stansfield. Because there's that one episode, man, where he runs into that police officer or security guard, whatever it was, in like season, I don't know, it feels like season three, season four. And the police officer, I think he just maybe stole some candy or something. He just took it and walked off. And the police officer is giving him a hard time about it. The officer is. And then Marlo looks at him and says, you want it to be one way. Y'all want it to be one way. You act like we don't have free will. And the ability to think for ourselves. And that's really weird to me. Jay has took his stance on the NFL about how they were treating Kaepernick and everything going on. And yes, I can see why people were like, he used Cap to, he, he, uh, he used, uh, Cap to, whatever. He used Cap to get close to him and gain his trust. And then the moment that he could, he made a deal for himself. I put on Twitter, this is the same guy who released two projects feature, heavily featuring Beyonce the same day as the most recent Nas releases. Two years in a row. 
Nazir. Him and Beyonce drop. And then the Lion King, the gift joint drops. What was that? The same day as Lost Tapes, too? Y'all act like this is new. It's not checkers, it's chess, man. So let me read this Brian Michael Cox stuff. <sighs> let me read this real quick. Well, let's see. Where is the quote? Where is the quote? Anyways, as Brian Michael Cox claims Jay-Z told Jermaine Dupree to turn down a similar NFL deal. So it wasn't even the Super Bowl. He said it was a similar deal that Jay-Z said don't take. <sighs> I'm not saying that it can't turn into some good shit. Cox noted, we were also talking about a guy who single-handedly picked up the phone and called Jermaine to tell him not to do it. When we all had that meeting with the NFL, all that shit was part of the same shit. I'm not going to condemn it and be like, that shit's whack. Cox added, for me, I wanted to I want to look at it intelligently because I know a lot of what was happening before how we were engaged last year as a community. At the end of the day, Dupree took a beating for doing the same shit. Let me see what that link is. Oh, yeah, he, he still did the Super Bowl party. That's right. And I guarantee you they didn't pay him as much as they're about to pay Jay. Uh, Cardi B says, I feel like Jay-Z can bring back Colin Kaepernick. Oh, what's he have to do with that? Funk Flex said, just got the phone with JD. He confirmed that when he was working with the NFL last year, he did get a call from Jay-Z asking him, how deep are you in with the NFL? Expressing that might not be a good idea. Funk Flex. <sighs> All right. So now I got my facts straight. So y'all... <laughs> y'all are really mad. Because... Jay heard about something that he might want to be a part of and then went and preemptively told Jermaine Dupree to back away from it and Jermaine and this, mind you Jermaine still did a Super Bowl party he didn't like he still was at a Super Bowl party and he called I remember he, now that I read it he did catch a lot of shit but he he, he hears the thing Jermaine Dupree had the right to still take the deal, and he didn't. And now, at least, Brian Michael Cox and Twitter is all mad. Because one, he told... Because one, he shitted on JD, apparently. Again, this is not new for Jay. This is not new at all. Like, let, let's look at the history, shall we? Um... Jay-Z, his name is a play on some other rapper's name that he came up with, isn't it? Because, I mean, what what the hell is Jay-Z? So, oh yeah, the guy that he came in the industry with, that he was working with, his name was Jazz-O. J-A-Z-O hyphen O. And so, Jay literally took his name 
from the beginning of Jazz's name, like because he was a, that was his he was his protege. Jazzo, J A Z, J Z. That's what happened. And eventually, he's in the game. He's learning. He links up with Dash and Hoffa, better known as Biggs. And eventually, they start Rockefeller Records when they can't get a deal. Now, apparently, with all that said... Dash was... I mean, not Dash. Jazz-O was riding... Up until when? Like, it was like two... It was around when everybody started coming to Jay. So it was like 2002 when he started doing the Jay-Z disses. But Jazz was just on the Originators 9-9 in 1998. So... So what happened between them? There's multiple accounts. Damn into this one. Multiple accounts of Jay snuffing Cam. And I don't mean snuffing as in he snuffed him out, punched him. I mean, like Cameron. He repeatedly, Cameron would come to Jay with ideas and this and that and let's do this, let's do this in the studio and Jay kept refusing and refusing and refusing and finally Jay's like alright let's do this joint and it became Welcome to New York City but there was always that animosity but at the same time as the animosity was there that Jay harbored towards Cam and then Cam eventually got for Jay Jay was making money off of Cam and the dip diplomats man until Hell, they did the first Diplomatic Community. That was a that was a Rockefeller album. Don't sit here and tell me this is new to y'all, okay? Like even Marcus said, Jay did that. This is kind of shady from Jay. I'm like, no. <laughs> I look, but let's be real. If Eric, if I was in talks to do some kind of big podcast thing and move hyphenation up to to another platform that would increase my visibility and do all these other things for myself and then let's just say Eric Bain heard about it and Bain hits me he's like yo I was checking out that uh that what you told me about what they said and I don't I don't think that's a good move for you man I, th I think you might want to stay put and then if Eric popped up three months later and took that same deal would I be salty if I said no, absolutely. But who said no? I did. Shit. And now back to Cap. Y'all. Jay-Z didn't even ask Cap for permission. Is what is what was said. Why does Jay-Z gotta ask Colin Kaepernick for fucking permission? He's not his agent. He's not his financial advisor. They have at best built a friendship or at least a rapport between themselves, acquaintances, you know, all that. But Jay-Z does not 
have to go to Colin Kaepernick and be like, Yo, Cap, uh, think about doing this deal with the NFL. And that's not, that's a terrible J voice. What do you think? Do you think that's cool? I know I know that they, don't, they, they ain't trying to hire you, but this is a really good deal for me. No, he does not. Colin Kaepernick doesn't owe Jay-Z shit, and Jay-Z doesn't owe Kaepernick, Cap, Colin Kaepernick shit. At the end of the day, they take care of their families and their friends and their business. You know who hasn't said anything about this at all? Let me let me see. Cause cause you would think if if someone was really really upset here, and this is Fox News, so this is gonna be tainted, but here, published one day ago. Colin Kaepernick sends a message to players still kneeling during the anthem. Stay strong, brothers. Okay? So, Kaepernick's tweet comes amid a minor backlash of a rapper Jay-Z's recent deal to advise NFL and entertainment decisions. Carolina Panthers defensive back Eric Reed and Kaepernick's former teammate has been among those who criticized the 99 Problems lyricist in the league over the deal. Cap said, my brothers Eric Reed, Kenny Stills, and I don't know who this other kid is. I'm going to see if he'll bring up his name without it being too much work for me. Albert Wilson II, he's a Miami Dolphin, continue to fight for the people, and even in the face of death threats, they have never moved past the people and continue to put their beliefs into action. Stay strong. So, and then here's 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 the important part from the Jay-Z uh, press conference. When asked why he didn't involve Kaepernick in the new Rock Nation NFL deal, Jay-Z said, you'd have to ask him. I'm not his boss. I can't just bring him into some, into something. That's for him to say. Jay-Z also said he and Kaepernick had a conversation about the new deal, but offered no further details. Now, here is another thing people are mad about. The star did note that he feels the conversation surrounding NFL protests has moved past kneeling, adding that it's time to go into actionable items. So, Hove saying, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be doing this music and entertainment shit for them. But by being in bed with the enemy, I can hopefully create change from the inside. All Colin said is, if y'all still kneeling, I'm with y'all. I appreciate it. That means the world to me. He ain't say, fuck Jay-Z. He ain't say nothing like that. He ain't say nothing about nada. And Jay even said that that there was a conversation. I don't know what is out there if there was a conversation. But I've seen it where people are like, he didn't even ask Cap. <sighs> so next time that you're, you're about to make a decision, I want you to try, I want you to contact Colin Kaepernick before you do it. Or anyone, just, just, just here, even better. If you're about to say yes or no to something, no matter what it is, I want you to reach out to someone who has nothing to do with the situation. Like, literally, pull up your contacts in the phone, like I'm about to do, go to your contacts, and then just throw that motherfucker in the air. Swipe it up. And then you just pick a random-ass number in here, and I want you to call this person and be like, Hey, uh, 
I don't know what you're doing right now or anything, but I'm about to do X. And I really want to know if you think I should do it or not. Yes or no? It doesn't look great. I get it. But Jay is all about his business. Okay? He didn't come out and say... He did say we're past kneeling. He didn't say stop kneeling, but that's what people see it as. Stop protesting. No. And that's what Goodell probably would love them to come out and say, hey, we didn't stop kneeling. No, he said we've moved past kneeling. He's saying that the kneeling has only has brought us so far. Let's take further action. Never said stop kneeling. See, y'all need to stop. Y'all get on my damn nerves. Man. Amanda, um, is it Seals now? The former Amanda Diva. She had a really good uh, video clip that Lamb sent me, put in the group chat, the Brain Trust chat, uh, that was talking about the whole situation. And uh, it kind of, I, I agree with her wholeheartedly. I don't think Jay does this if he didn't think he could do something positive with it. If it was just, I'm doing music for him and that's it, I don't think Jay does it. And maybe, even though Brian Michael Cox said it was the same deal, maybe all the social justice stuff that was included in that press release with the NFL wasn't in JD's deal. Because JD's ass will just come in and make your music, take your check, and take his ass home. Not to try to say anything about Jermaine Dupree, but he's also a businessman. Just saying. And you know who else didn't say anything before I get off this topic? Because I've been on it for a minute, man. Uh, let me see if Diddy came out and said anything. Let's see. Because you would think if somebody was going to come out and say anything, it might be Diddy. Diddy didn't say nothing either. Because it's a business decision. It's not a I want black people to die in the streets at the hands of the police move. It was a business decision that he made. Y'all jump on stuff too quick, man. Y'all make my head hurt. Next topic. Well, now that that's done, because I, I was planning on jumping into that later, but I guess I, I felt a certain kind of way. Let's see what I got. I got a bunch of stuff in here on the, on the topics. Uh, let's see. Something about when the X text. That was when my friend got a text from his old high school girlfriend, and they were having phone conversation. Nothing sexual, nothing flirty. It was more like, how are you? I, ain't talk, I haven't talked to you. Essentially, since we broke up, which was over, wow, uh, that was at least 14 years ago when she reached out to him. Um, when I wrote it down, he had told me he told his wife about it. And I was like, 
uh, I don't know if I would do that. But then at the same time, when I was thinking about it, it's like, eh, you probably should in case she looks at your phone and like, why is your ex-girlfriend in here? You know? <laughs> so he was, he was covering his ass. I get it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know where, where I was going with that. Uh, so we're, we're just going to leave that alone. So, uh, pretty much my conclusion on that is if your ex-girlfriend texts you and it's not a brief conversation, like, a, or just, if there is some kind of conversation, you probably should disclose that to your significant other before you get caught out there. Okay. Uh, Rick died in The Walking Dead. Rick Grimes died in The Walking Dead. And no, I'm not talking about the TV show. They literally killed him in the comic books. Bye. Uh, I just hit a bug on my windshield wiper. I'm a jerk. Uh, literally killed him in the comic books. He was shot by the son of the governor of this place called the Commonwealth. And he is dead, dead. The next comic showed him, uh, showed Carl finding him after he'd been shot. And... Or, or, yeah, yeah, after he'd been shot and he turns into a walker, so you know it's for real, for real, and then Carl kills him. So they killed Rick in The Walking Dead in the comic books, which is a huge moment when it happened, and then Robert Kirkman immediately said, fuck it, I'm done, this is the last issue. And I'm not even kidding. So, The Walking Dead's been going since 2003, the comic book series. And just like y'all, I was shocked. I mean, the main Walking Dead series is about to start season 10 here in October. Season 5 of Fear the Walking Dead is terrible, but it's uh, rolling right now. There's going to be a third spinoff show. The Telltale Walking Dead series just completed its fourth season a few months ago, ending the story of Clementine. And really, um, they kind of permanently ended the story of Clementine because unless there's some kind of Walking Dead spinoff comic book, which I don't think there will be, because Kirkman kind of sounds like he's done. Now, I read his letter hacks, which is what they call the column, the, the mail column in The Walking Dead. Read his, uh, read what he had said, and he sounded like he was ready to move on and do other things, and kind of let the TV show do what it does, but he, he said he's had this, this moment planned for a while, and he just always assumed that once Rick was done... This would be then the series. So it's funny that Robert Kirkman was able to come to that natural conclusion that by killing our main character, essentially the story is done for me. And yet, here we are with the 10th season of the TV show. They've gone a half a season without Rick because that actor, um, Andrew Lincoln, Andy Lincoln, decided he wanted to get out of The Walking Dead. And then immediately they don't, they kill him off, air quotes, then show him being airlifted away to this other place. And then they just announced at Comic-Con, the same Comic-Con where Marvel shut everything down, just announced at Comic-Con that Rick Grimes will return to the big screen in these Walking Dead movies that they announced that we would eventually see him in. How many movies? I'm not sure. I, wanna, I feel like it's three... But we're definitely getting the first one sometime in the near future where Rick Grimes will continue to live. But, of course, with the TV show still being a massive hit despite its slipping quality through seasons 9 and 8 and 7. <laughs> Season 10 was a nice bounce back. I believe her name, the showrunner, is Angela Kang. She did wonderful work reinvigorating 
the season. And then immediately Scott Gimple, who oversees all the Walking Dead universe, along with uh, Robert Kirkman and others, um, immediately jumped to Fear the Walking Dead for season four and mm-hmm. ran it into the ground after Fear had its best season in season three. So, yeah, I've had this written down for a minute because that last issue came out May, June, you know, and they kind of tidied everything up and, like, they did a flash forward and Carl has a daughter and everyone's kind of living safe now and living amongst the walkers and society is making its way back to being rebuilt. It's kind of wild how he ended it, but one thing that... Kirkman got to do that a lot of people don't do, especially when it comes to Marvel and DC. Even Image at some point now. And it was an Image book. The good thing about Image is it's creator-owned. So Kirkman got to tell his final story of The Walking Dead the way he wanted to. Now take someone like Chris Claremont comes to mind immediately. Because I've been reading a lot of X-Men thanks to the podcast called Fresh. Oh, by the way, sidebar, new episode of podcast called Fresh. Me and Maps take on Powers of X and House of X. A lot of X-Men talk. It's available now on Hyphen Podcast Group. Make sure you check that out. And on on iTunes, on all podcasting platforms. So make sure you check that out. Even if you're not into comic books, it's, it's a fun listen. So, Chris Claremont wrote X-Men... From like, it wasn't Giant Size X Men number one, was it? Was he on Giant Size X Men number one, or was that Lynn Wine? I don't know. Chris Claremont got on the X books in the seventies, and he didn't leave the X books until nineteen ninety one. Let's get our podcast the one on one on. How long did Chris Claremont write the X Men for? Question mark. Let's see. 17 years. He wrote it. Here we go. It, it says it right here. His stint from 1975 to 1991 on Uncanny X-Men, far longer than that of any other writer. Okay, now just for comparison's sake, how long did Stan Lee write Fantastic Four? Question mark. I know they did like 106 books. So, and that's just a guesstimate. So, if there was 12 issues a year. So, let's let's say 103 issues. 103 issues divided by 12. So, he only wrote X, or, or, uh, he only wrote Fantastic Four for eight and a half years. Claremont was on there for 17 years, okay? This man poured blood and sweat and tears into this comic book series about our Merry Mutants, okay? Came with all these great stories, just, just to list them, since they were just in front of me. 17 years, during the 17 years on X-Men, uh, Claremont wrote or co-wrote many classic X-Men stories, including, or such as Dark Phoenix Saga and Days of Future Past, with many more in between there. Lots of, lots of cool stuff. Now... Just one more time for the people, because you because you know I, I got to get into it. What what had happened was 
here we go. Claremont launched X-Men spinoffs. Da, 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 da. Claremont left the series after the first three-issue story arc, and this is objective, uh, yeah, objectiveless X-Men, because uh, X-Men number one is still the best-selling comic book of all time, sales over 8.1 million copies. Um, Claremont left the series after the first three-issue story arc due to clashes with editor Bob Harris. And of course, we know Bob Harris is the guy who led Marvel into bankruptcy in the late 90s. Imagine writing something for 17 years, man. Okay? Coming up with all these stories and writing the lead flagship title of X-Men, launching all these other stories. Because, uh, let's see, it said that he launched New Mutants in 82, Excal- Excalibur, uh, Wolverine, and then... I don't, I don't think he wrote X-Factor to begin with. But he launched some major other X-teams, you know? And then they gave him a second title to do X-Men number one, Objectiveless X-Men. And then he leaves that to three issues. So when he left the X-Men, he literally left behind a teenager that he had grown he had adopted okay he had adopted the X-Men obviously but by the time that he left that whole X universe was his but then from there he had no say over what happens with those characters anymore it's done just the way it is okay no say at all so he, let's see, he moved on to, let's see, uh, wrote his own creator, own properties, started some with Image, did some Star Trek stuff, um, started working with DC. In 98, he came back as a regular writer for Fantastic Four and wrote some Wolverine. And he was going back and forth for a while. Came back and tried to do that X-Men Forever series, which I don't think lasted very long. Let me take a peek which is supposed to pick up after issue number three of x-men and continue it the way that he wanted to do it um yeah i think this is it yeah and it was supposed to go uh yeah it was supposed to pick up right after everything that happened with x-men number three and So he lost his family, essentially. His creations, his ideas. This is the thing, and it ties back into Kaepernick a little bit. This is the thing. Chris Claremont literally slaved to do X-Men for 17 years for Marvel Comics, for Marvel Publishing Group. Marvel Comics Publishing Group, okay? He gave his all. And then he came to a disagreement and they parted ways. Marvel Comics and the X-Men still went on. Just like the NFL still went on after Colin Kaepernick and the NFL, not mutually, but parted ways. Okay? Just because Jonathan Hickman now decides he wants to write the X-Men, which he's doing right now, for and takes this long-term X-Men deal and he's reinvigorating the X-Men universe in his own image that he wants it to be did he have to 
check with Chris Claremont to see if he thought he should take that X-Men job, bro? No! He did not. The X-Men will not end until the day that Marvel Comics closes its doors. Okay? Chris Claremont will not get to end the X-Men his way. Does not matter how many miniseries he writes, how many one-shots, what is told in this specific trade that he might be able to come up with and do with them. That's not the last X-Men story. The last X-Men story comes on the day they said final issue and it hits press and it goes public. That's when the first, last X-Men story be told. Chris Claremont doesn't get to tell it, even though he has 17 years of X-Men service. Robert Kirkman got to tell his final Walking Dead story the way he wanted to on his terms. And that's pretty cool to me. It's not, it's not something that a lot of people get a chance to do, especially in the comic book world, because comics are never ending, man. <sighs> Next topic. That, that was a good topic. I, th I was kind of worried about that one. So that one was good. Uh, there was a puddle in Clutch Wing Shop. Uh, real quick, while Angel was in Europe, I took Aaliyah to Clutch Wing Shop on a rainy Tuesday because kids eat free there all summer. Clutch Wing Shop is just a local restaurant. Specializes in wings and chicken nuggets. and They got great food. I'm a big fan of it. So is Aaliyah. Um, we were there and eating our dinner. And slowly all these kids and their parents start coming in. And they're sitting at the table next to us. So they put all the kids on one side. And the adults are just talking and essentially ignoring the kids. And I'm talking to Leah. Like, the kids aren't being bad by any means. But then I look over. And one of the kids had a glass of water with ice in it. And this little kid got on the floor in the middle of the restaurant next to the window. And poured all the water on the floor. And was literally playing in the ice in this puddle of water. And nobody said anything to this kid. Like, get your kid. Look, he's playing in the... the he's playing in his water in the middle of a restaurant. Do y'all not care? Like, maybe it's the first kid syndrome, you know? Like, there was a lot of kids there. And they were just like, oh, he's not hurting himself. I mean, no, he's not hurting himself. But the same thing is, Tom, someone's going to have to clean that shit up. That your kid decided to be an ass and dump his water out and play with ice cubes. And nobody said nothing to him. They even came. The kid literally was on the floor playing. And they decided to move outside. Because it stopped raining. And the group, there's a big old group of kids and parents. They decided they wanted to move outside. And... <laughs> I'm not even kidding. They decided to go outside. And the kid is left behind. Almost. The parent comes over to him and the kid's still playing in his ice of water on the floor with his cup. And the parent's like, oh, come on, Timmy. Come on, we'll go outside. And he just gets up and leaves this big-ass puddle of water in the middle of this restaurant, this locally-owned restaurant that my friends happen to work for. So I looked at Leah. I was like, look, you see how a little boy pours water out and was playing? She's like, yeah. I was like, that's not nice. I was like, he wasn't hurting anything, but you don't do that in the middle of someone of the restaurant. Like, now they have a giant puddle. Someone that works here has to come clean that up. That's extra work for them. Like, that that's just rude. That's not how you do things. 
So we made it a point to go back up to the cashier before we left. And we're like, and I felt bad because I believe two of the parents were in a, were up there ordering their food, and I was behind them, and I was kind of staying behind because I was kind of like, oh, I really don't want them to hear me snitching on their kid or their friend's kid or whatever. Uh, but Aaliyah drug me up there, and I was like, hey, I, <laughs> excuse me. I was like, hey, I just want to let you know there's a big puddle of water back there uh, that got spilled, and uh, just want to let you know. And the girl's like, oh, whatever. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, they, they had nice... It wasn't like hardwood floor or anything. It was floors concrete, you know, smooth concrete. But she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, you're super chill about that. And I can appreciate it. But depending on how long you've been in the service industry, you're probably used to it. <sighs> so, yeah, that was the puddle and clutch. Uh, what did I want to say about Sleeping Beauty? I had Sleeping Beauty down. I, I rewatched it. Welcome to the, mo- the Disney Movie Review Podcast. Rewatched it while, again while Angels in Europe. Watched it with Aaliyah. Sleeping Beauty actually really holds up really well. I was uh, highly impressed with that with that movie. Uh, again, R- Rapunzel. Aurora's parents are assholes because they should have just invited. Um, should have just invited. Uh, Maleficent and saved us out of trouble. But they didn't. They're dicks to Maleficent. And then lo and behold, what's the curse on Aurora? That when she has a she pricks her finger, and of course we all know that's a euphemism and a metaphor for um uh euphemism, is that right? Uh it's a metaphor for losing your virginity, but in the Disney movie, um it was literally prick your finger on a spinning wheel. Uh, you will fall into a deep sleep, and and that was downgraded because I feel like she was going to die initially. I don't know if they said this in the cartoon, but she was supposed supposed to die, and then the fairies managed to save, um, managed to upgrade it to she just falls into a deep sleep until true love's kiss. But I, I don't remember how that went exactly. But Sleeping Beauty holds up really well. I was very happy to watch that, um, and then I, I love. Flora, 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 Fauna, and Meriwether. Uh, they are an interesting trio. Way better in the Disney animated movie than they were in Maleficent. Those three pissed me the fuck off. Worst part of the whole movie. I hope they have a smaller role in Mistress of Evil. That's coming out, uh, the second Maleficent movie. But yeah, uh, again, though, of course, miscommunication kind of ruined everything because Aurora met Prince Philip and didn't say she didn't know where her real name was and didn't know she was a princess and then Philip's uh and then so Philip goes back like oh I met a girl her name's Briar Rose and then King's like you're not marrying her you're marrying his his princess and then of course Briar Rose Princess Aurora had no idea she's a princess so they're both upset uh they both diso does Aurora sneak away or does Aurora get I think Aurora got the magic spell put on her and that's how she got her finger pricked and everything uh, by Maleficent's spinning wheel and then Prince Philip of course is like I'm going to go find Briar Rose and then everything happens and falls in deep sleep and you know but it, it's a happy ending it's, it's really good though so, that, so that's a recommendation um, I, I don't know what I wanted to bitch about specifically about that so we're going to leave that there uh, some quick recommendations, probably some you may have heard before. Friends from College, uh, Netflix series got canceled after two seasons, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, Fred Savage, Keegan Michael Key, uh, uh, the girl who plays Robin Sparkles. Why can't I remember her damn name? 
Um, man, I always feel like a jerk. I'm like, yeah, the the Robin Jabotsky, her. Uh, not Allison. Kobe Kobe Smolders is in it. Uh, it, it's a it's a really fun series. So check that out. Even though it got canceled season two and left us with a huge cl- cliffhanger, girlfriends got divorced. That's on Netflix. They finished up the last season. Uh, all's well that ends well. I was satisfied with the ending. I know they got cut down to a certain amount of episodes that they could get the series done, but I was happy with it. Um, if you're look literally looking for a mindless soap opera thing to watch on Netflix that I think it's four or five seasons. Uh, Girlfriend's got is good. It's got Red Ann. It's got Lisa Edelstein. It's got old girl from um, uh, Legally Blonde. Let me check that out. I just want to see the cast real quick. Girlfriend's got a divorce. I want to see the cast real quick. It's got, oh, come on. Bo Garrett's in it. Uh, this one actor, uh, Nikar uh, Zadigan, she is plays Delia Benai, and she is bad. Alana Ubach, she was uh, one of Elle Woods' friends in the original Legally Blonde. She plays um, this character named Joe. She's great. Um, Janine Garofalo's in the first season. So, yeah, it's got some names, and I think it's really good. Um, I'm just going to say all these, even before I said it. Toy Story 4, I saw that, loved it. Um, not better than any of the previous movies for me, but it, it definitely is a worthy entry. Uh, saw Aladdin, once you get past the fact that Will Smith can't sing and they gave him a larger role because he's Will Smith, it's an enjoyable story. Great performances by Aladdin and uh, the actors playing Aladdin and Jasmine. And Will, and Will Smith was good as Genie too. He's no Robin Williams, but he was very good once you realize he's not going to sing a note. And he did a pretty good song. He did a pretty good Prince Ali. It's, it is fun. I got to say that. And then lastly, I watched Night School with Angel. Uh, that's a Kevin Hart comedy with Tiffany Haddish. I'm not a big fan of Kevin Hart, as I may have relayed before on the podcast. Um, again, it's one of those things where certain people will blow up so much that I just lose interest and I don't want to be a part of that hive mind. And of course, once Kevin Hart stand-ups uh, started taking over, you're going to learn today, like all that stuff. And like when, you know, he, he blew up and there's nothing wrong with that. But there's just sometimes with me, I'm just like, eh. I mean, I don't, I don't want to enjoy this because everybody else does. I want to enjoy it for myself, you know? So that's kind of how I feel about Kevin Hart, but um, it's a it's a solid Kevin Hart film. Night School is about uh, your man who uh, dropped out of high school, did not graduate, trying to get his GED. He's hiding it from his bad, and that's good bad, uh, fiance who was getting ready to marry. He's lying to her about everything, though, so his plan is to get his GED so he can get a job at this place where he says he works. Um, Tiffany Haddish is the teacher, and hijinks ensue. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And shout out to uh, my... Uh, my girl Chloe Bennett from 24. Um, oh, what's her name? Her name is uh, Mary Mary Roscob. Roscob. I can't even say her name, but she's one hilarious comedian. She's hilarious in this movie, and and, and I'm a big fan of uh, of Chloe from 24. So she is also in it. The light seems to flicker and threatens to sputter out. It's a theater, 
and there's only one film playing. You don't recognize the title, although it stirs something in your mind. Welcome to the Mirage, the theater of movies that do not exist. Cinematic Mirage is a podcast exclusive to the Domicile of Dread Patreon about films that were greenlit that never made it to the silver screen. Join Thomas DJ as he explores how the projects came together, why they stopped production, and what they may have been about. It's free to all patrons at the $5 a month level or more. To learn more and to sign up, go to patreon.com slash DJ's Domicile of Dread. Cinematic Mirage. A seat's waiting for you. So once again, Hyphenation is brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group, hyphenpodcastgroup.com. Morgantown, West Virginia-based podcast collective bringing great podcasts to the people and the M-A-R-C-R-O-B.wordpress.com. That's Mark Rob, my co-host, semi-regular co-host, Marcus Robinson. Um, I do want to tell y'all that I am like the semi-regular co-host now over on a podcast called Fresh with Miles Amadeus Prower. Uh, we just dropped an episode all about those X-Men books, like I said earlier. Recorded an episode on Sunday night, and that is about a little bit of Powers of X, uh, number two, but then also a whole lot about a Black Cat series and a series called Livewire and the thing Hawkfight. A lot of comic stuff, so uh, make sure you're checking that out, too. So I am... Helping Maps out with that when I can, because he's he's agreeing to work with my schedule, so we're doing what we can. Um, what else? Oh, you can find Hyphenation wherever podcasts are sold. Whatever podcast platform you want, Hyphenation is there. Uh, you can also, uh, if you'd like, I'd love it. You can leave reviews and rate stuff on like Apple Podcasts or on Google Podcasts. And most importantly, while you're doing that, Tell a friend to tell a friend that it's hyphen again. Nature, Noriega, Wild Gremlins. What? That's right. Let the people know about the show, man. Because the more you do that, the more people can listen to the show with you, and then you can talk to the people about the show. Okay? Um, For the Reddit Incline, there is a hyphen podcast group subreddit. Uh, All the new episodes are posted on there, so if y'all wanted to go discuss anything, uh... I'd be totally fine with that. So y'all can hop on that anytime y'all want. Just saying. Oh, what else I want to say? Uh, The Patreon is patreon.com slash hyphen podcast group. I'm planning on changing things up a little bit. Changing the goals because the goal was essentially to come up with the money to pay for the the, uh, web space every month. That is the main goal. But uh, I, I think my initial tiers were a little too wild so i'll be taming that down making it simpler it's gonna be like a dollar contribution and a five dollar contribution that's it so if you want to help out with the shows and help out with paying for our web storage every month uh please do go to uh patreon.com slash hyphen podcast group the amazon links is still on hyphen podcast group.com they're going to go dead soon though because no one's clicking them so if you want to buy something from amazon Remember to go over to hyphenpodcastgroup.com first. You can do it on your phone. You can do it on the browser, on the laptop. Go to hyphenpodcastgroup. 
click the Amazon link, buy something. That's it. And then whatever you buy, some of that will come back to the site as well. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, B-H-Y-P-H-E-N at gmail.com or Twitter at B-Hyphen or Facebook hyphen universe or Instagram the B-Hyphen. I have a motorcyclist looking at me crazy because I'm talking to myself right now, but I don't care. He probably listens to the world's greatest podcast, as should you. If you want to not reach out directly to me and would rather contact the group, the Hyphen Podcast Network, that would actually be Hyphen Podcast Group at Gmail, Hyphen Pod Group on Twitter, Hyphen Podcast Group on Facebook, and Hyphen Podcast Group on Instagram. Okay? Okay, cupcake? <sighs> Power positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life, no matter what it may be, no matter what you have to do. You have to do you. Absolutely. Write your dad a letter. Hug your mom. Punch your sister. Shake your brother's hand. Call your cousin. Send a DM to your grandmother. Facebook message her. Let people know what they mean to you while they're still here. Drink Champs always says, give people their flowers while they're here. Give the people in your life their flowers while they're here. So they know how much it means to you. They mean to you. You never know what somebody else is going through. That small act of kindness can go a long way. Okay, pumpkin. So, words of wisdom for today. Oh, man. You have to be able to adapt. Because one thing that I'm struggling with in my life is adapting. Because there are certain things that I am told from a... at work. From... I'm being told that I am still not doing as an employee. And one of the things that I've been trying to do since um, I was told all these things, and I discussed some of this on the self-care uh, two episode, one of the things I've been trying to do is change, you know, trying to prove myself as far as all that goes. Okay. And I'll tell you, I did not like what was, what I did not like, did not want to hear the, the criticism that I received. Because I feel like I have made several efforts to change the, the way that I go about my job. And I feel like they're going unnoticed. And I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's them. But I'm going to continue to adapt because here's the thing. Adapt or die. I certainly don't want to die. I, I do not want to lose my job. Not that that's even close, but... That's something that goes through your head. You don't you don't want to take a step backwards in your career. So no matter what it may be, whether it's your job like myself or just some changes in your life, like again, here we can take it here. I got to take blood pressure medicine every morning. So far, I've only missed it once. And thankfully, Angel's able to bring me my medicine. Angel's not always going to be able to bring me my medicine. That's just how it is. 
I have to adapt to remember to take my medicine. You constantly have to change. I hate change. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. But, you gotta be adaptable. Adapt or die. Okay? Trap or die, adapt or die. And if I wasn't already going to name this episode, you wanted to be one way, I'd probably name this episode Adapt or Die, but that really doesn't fit the narrative. <sighs> All right, guys. Apologies to Markel Fultz because you're still trash, son. Um, I got to get up with Lane. We got to get this lemon on the edge stuff popping on a more regular basis. I got to get him set up somehow. So hopefully I'll be doing that soon, too. Coming attractions, I got none. Um, I did book a guest, and I will be talking to this gentleman next week. I will not say until the episode's in the bag, though, because Lord knows things change. And that's why you have that. See what I did there? Brought it back full circle. Damn, I'm good at this. Anyway... I appreciate each and every one of y'all who have taken time to listen to this episode of the world's greatest podcast, the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast, Hyphen Nation. I am your dashing, debonair, and daring host, Kellen Conley. I like that. Maybe I'll use that. But then I, do I have to go by Triple D? I don't know. And then I might be like, oh, your daughter's drop-ins and dots. Anyway. We will be back. Hope y'all enjoyed Angel's episode. Forgot to say that. Shout out to my wife, man. Four-timer club. Thanks, y'all. forget to subscribe and comment this has been a hyphen podcast network production they're the bestest i'm getting paid at exposure